Welcome back, everyone. How are you doing today, Anna? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. What's going on in the world? So much, mm-hmm. and I want to talk about it all. But mm-hmm. you know, to be honest, I'm always looking like, well, what's what's the headline that I want to like? What's the what's the big headline that I want to talk about for like most of the podcast? Yes. And there are so many options. Okay. That I started to think a different question. I was wondering, like, well, what's a happy thing? Uh- <laughs> Turns out nothing. <laughs> I no- bet nothing happy. It's hard to say, you know, more people are dying in Ukraine still with the Russian invasion. NATO estimates that 7,000 to 15,000 Russian troops have been killed since the invasion of Ukraine began. Mm-hmm. So, there, you know, there's some theories going around about the war in Ukraine. And oh, how, yeah? yeah, I mean, I know nothing about this. These are just conversations, but there have been going around like the theory that, you know, this whole war it's been planned to take Putin out of there and get someone else and like just change the regime that they have in Russia. That is what the U.S. loves to do historically. Right. I mean, We like to install our own puppet government and then that doesn't end up working. We have to install a new puppet government. Right. And, and I mean, the U.S. government, not the government, but, you know, some people in the government have so many ties with Ukraine that it makes you wonder, like, you know, what do they have? Is it a war lose? of convenience? Yeah, like, what do they have to lose in this war? Why are they getting so passionate about it? Is it just people being nice to each other? Or is it, you know... That's a really interesting point. For me, you know how I look at things through the perspective of finance. I've been kind of interested in that recently. <laughs> um, I was talking to you earlier about the petrodollar, yes. how that happened in around the 70s, about mm-hmm. the same time that Nixon took us off of the gold standard with harry kissinger Mm -hmm. um basically everything was backed by gold and Mm -hmm. then all the all the other foreign currencies were backed by the u.s dollar Mm -hmm. and in this 1974 when he took us off the gold standard what also happened was that the united states basically made a backdoor deal Mm -hmm. with all of these oil rich companies or countries like saudi arabia and they said hey guys what if mm. you only denominate and you basically price all of your oil from now on in dollars? And mm. if you do that, we will provide you protection. Almost like a mafia coming in. Mm. You know, and one that's so incredibly radical. And here's why. It's an exorbitant privilege because every single country needs oil. Mm-hmm. They've all needed oil since the 70s. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was way before anyone was talking about going green and things like that. Mm-hmm. So Oil is basically running the country. If you look at all the major problems, like the top 10 major problems in the world, Mm -hmm. they're all essentially energy problems. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to provide cheap, clean, abundant energy, Mm -hmm. that solves most of the world's problems. Mm -hmm. So looking at things through the the lens of, okay, where is the oil? Mm -hmm. And if they price it in dollars, that means that they're only allowed to accept dollars for their oil, Mm -hmm. which means other countries, let's say you're, um, I don't know, just make up an example. If you're China, Mm -hmm. if you want to buy oil from Saudi Arabia, you have to use U.S. dollars, mm-hmm. which means you have to purchase U.S. dollars from the United States. Mm-hmm. And what we get in return is goods and services. Right. And so no other country has the ability that the United States has of just printing more of the money and buying more oil. That's what we have the ability. We can just print as much money as we want, buy more oil. Mm-hmm. If um, Mexico did that, it would be considered a direct act of war if they printed more U.S. dollars, if they, if they basically... Uh, fraudulently counterfeited uh, counterfeited money Uh you know that's a direct act of war Mm -hmm. you know so no one else can do that what they have to do is actually 
purchase purchase money from the United States mm -hmm. by giving us goods and services. So everyone else has to play this game of like, oh crap, like we need oil. Uh -huh. So we need to actually be more productive and sell our excess goods and services and export to the United States in order to get dollars. And huh. then it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. the United States is the only country in the world that they can, can just use their currency. They can just keep printing. That's something that's been happening. And there have been times, this is really interesting, but there have been times when different countries in the Middle East and these oil producing countries have decided to go against that mm -hmm. and basically say, well, we're going to accept, like back in the early 2000s, we're going to accept um, euros. And so Iraq actually tried to do that. Iraq said, we're going, instead of using the petrodollar, instead mm -hmm. of denominating everything in US dollars, they wanted to denominate things in euros uh -huh. and sell it to Europe and, and accept euros for that. Six months later, we invaded Iraq and we installed our own government. I see. So it is backed by the US military's might. And if anyone decides to mess with that, that's messing with our rules and it's messing with our financial monetary system. I see. It's messing with the agreement that we have and that's why the petrodollar is so incredibly powerful and it's this exorbitant privilege that the United States has. Yeah, so that that's that's the kind of thing that concerns me for so many reasons. One, because most people don't know any of this. So whenever a war happens, all you normal person can think about is like there's so many innocent people in that in that place. You know, there's we know someone that has family in Ukraine. Yes. And then it's just like, okay, are they okay? Are they alive? Like you only want to know about the safety of the people that do not make those decisions. Right. Those decisions are made by a very limited amount of people, maybe 10, you know, 10 people in the world made the decision that, you know, they're going to go to war for whatever reason. And it's never the reason that we think it is. And nobody actually knows the truth because the truth is, it's not clear. You know, they just give you whatever information they want to give you. And it's usually not the truth because why would they do that? And then a lot of people suffer because of it, not only by being civilians in the middle of a war and dying for nothing, but also the people that fight these wars usually don't fight because, oh, oh, they upset us because of the preto do dollar. The petro dollar, yeah. You, you go because you go b believing that you're going for a cause. You're like, you're I'm fighting for my countrymen. Exactly. I'm fighting for the for freedom. For your family. You're fighting for the people that need help. Like, that's what they believe. And then, you know, all the people talking about the Russian and Ukraine war, it concerns me of how many people want the world to get involved. That's how you start a world war. Like, I want to help. But also, I want the truth. Very concerning how pro-war the United States military and the United States uh, media has been. Basically, our mainstream media sources, whether it's CNN, MSNBC, right. and CBS, they're all basically rallying behind, like, it's horrible what they're doing. We need to do more. We The, the sentiment is, is definitely changing. Mm -hmm. And that concerns me because mm -hmm. we're the biggest NATO member. And right. if we decide, for example, to establish a no-fly zone, which is what... Uh, what's his name, uh, Zelensky, mm -hmm. the president of the Ukraine, mm -hmm. he basically is asking the United States right now to establish a no-fly zone, and a lot of people don't understand how freaking dangerous that would be. Because okay, so how, how is that dangerous? So basically what it would be is the United States saying, we are not allowing any, you, any Russian planes to enter the area that we designate. Mm -hmm. And we would communicate that to Russia. And if there is any plane from, the, from Russia that enters that airspace, we could just say it's all of, all of the Ukraine, mm -hmm. for example, just to make it simple. Um, 
the second that a Russian plane flies in there, we have the obligation now to shoot it down. Mm -hmm. If we shoot it down, they are going to retaliate. Mm -hmm. That's essentially an act of war. Mm -hmm. And if they retaliate, immediately, every single member of NATO has to, by NATO law in the agreement, also retaliate and you get World War Three. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's an immediate trigger on World War Three. Yeah. It's basically saying the United States is walking in and essentially they're de facto making the Ukraine another NATO member by establishing a no-fly zone. Right. But so isn't it isn't the Ukraine like one of the names that came up on like all the the Hunter Biden uh, laptop stuff? Oh my gosh, yeah, and the Burisma oil deal. It's such a crazy spider web if you ever want to look into it of all this activity where he basically got hunter biden on the board of this uh oil company and he mm -hmm. was getting paid all this money basically to do nothing mm -hmm. and there was all this corruption involved if you look at it you're like this is hella sketchy mm -hmm. if trump's son ever did anything like this mm -hmm. it would be on every single front page Forever. of every single and and, and the ashley uh, the Ashley Biden diary getting out. That would right, be, right, right. could you imagine if that was Trump's kid? <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and, and could you imagine? Well, anyway, I digress. There is yeah. so much sketchiness out there. And I'm like, well, you just have to remove your own political opinions for a second and realize yeah. like, this is important. If yeah. we have the president of the United States and their family are intricately involved in the business operations of Ukrainian oil companies, right. we should know about that. And by the way, this is not like this came out two years ago. And they shut it down. Every social media shut it down. They took the New York, the New York Post out of Twitter. the New York Post is one of the most respect. It's one of the oldest newspapers. Period. It's right. been around for a long, long time. Right. And they ran the story about Hunter Biden's laptop. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, and it was completely called disinformation. Anyone yeah. who tweeted about it got banned. Yeah. And it was completely silenced. Yeah. Right before the election. Right. And now it's coming out as fact. Yeah, so so this is not like when they tried to do like the steel dossier on Trump that led nowhere, and they concluded like, yeah, that actually was not true, like that's fake, and it's it's proved now that a it was true not... smear campaign exactly, and it lasted all this long. They still talk about it like if it's true, but with the Hunter Biden, they they confirmed it like this is real, this is his laptop and whatever. Very legitimate, here, it's yes. his. Like and and nobody nobody cares. Like how how you don't care? Like that I is a crime. I think people do care. I think it's not being talked about by the legacy mainstream media. Right. But you're hearing it on podcasts and individual formats that are long form, mm -hmm. like this. Mm -hmm. We're talking about it right, right now. Right. But we can't make any calls on it. Like there's not it, whatever industry it is. Like you, we were talking like months ago about can you work two different jobs, for instance, at the same time. I was like, well, it depends. If you work in an industry that has like an implicit interest on the other industry that you're working, you can't do that. Conflict of interest, right? Exactly, because then you're you're in trouble. Like it's not a situation that anybody should be in, and it's against the law. Why is it against the law by everybody for everybody? But it's not against the law for the guy that manages the whole country. Right, right. You know, so this is like we're talking about it, but they are the ones making the rules for themselves. And that is not okay. It's not. And when it comes to war, it's not even like, 
I, I am so ashamed of every politician in this country, like Democrats and Republicans, because Republicans just sleep all the time. I feel like I never see them doing anything. Like, they also want to go to war for some reason. They just have so much financial incentive. It's like so all crazy. The, the defense companies, all the, the military companies that just pay so much money to all these people, and they want to sell whatever they have to sell to go to war it's good business exactly war is usually care. good business they don't care about your children going and dying for them they don't like any any um president or leader in history that signed the deal like we're going to war they do not care about the people that die in war and there's no reason for these people to die like there's no reason you don't have to go like the soldiers don't hate each other they probably don't hate the country that they're invading but they do it because someone signed that order someone that is not going to fight a day in their lives and that, so wild that is so messed up it is it, so it's a weird system that we find ourselves in and i am just so terrified that there's going to be something happening like mm -hmm. oh we're going to establish a no-fly zone or we're going to have boots on the ground there mm -hmm. you heard that um there was a speech by biden where he was basically talking to a whole bunch of um military folk mm -hmm. and he was telling them like oh there's this the craziness happening in ukraine he's like you'll see when you're there you know, and then he said that and everyone was confused. Like, what do you mean you'll see when you're there? Are you, is he about to send them there? Mm -hmm. And then the White House had to issue a quick follow up saying, oh, that's not what he meant, blah, 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 blah. And this happens. This is like a story we hear over and over is like Biden says one thing. Uh -huh. The White House comes comes in later and says, oh, that's not true. And yeah, yeah. he just he just said this. And he didn't know what he was talking about. So it's like we're getting these mixed messages. And it's like this is kind of a big deal, guys. Yeah. And in here, let me let me actually show you this. Um, President Biden said NATO would respond if Russia uses chemical we weapons and that Russia would be out of the G20 in news conference following three summits in Brussels yesterday. So basically, Biden's putting his foot down and saying, we'll get involved more so than they already have, which is the financial sanctions and, and giving Ukraine all of this military aid mm -hmm. and the billions of dollars of aid. Mm -hmm. We're going to respond, whatever that means, if they use chemical weapons, which there have been so many conflicting reports about already, but they're worried they're about to do that, Right. That which dovetails into the next thing, that President Biden warned the U.S. private sector um, that Russia is exploring options for potential cyber attacks involving uh, intelligence. Well, but he's talking about like they would do it with the private sectors like they did with the the pipelines. True. Yeah, very true. And they did that with the intelligence that they have from Russia. Right. I see. Right. And so if that happens, which I don't think that Russia wants to mess with us right now. He sees Ukraine as part of the Soviet Union mm -hmm. before it collapses mm -hmm. and he wants to do a land grab. Mm -hmm. I think that's what he wants. He doesn't want these financial sanctions. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want people to not buy their exports and all that. He doesn't want these. Uh, I don't think he wants to poke the bear, basically, and deal with uh, cyber attacks. I think he will if he has to, if it's if it makes sense for yeah, him. Honestly, I don't understand this war. I wish I did. I don't. I don't know what what goes on. on well, you just got to listen to Kamala Harris because she's. <laughs> she, I swear. I swear. And the bigger country invaded the smaller country. It's the worst. And that's bad. That I've ever seen in my life. And I like I, babe, <laughs> I'm telling you. I've never seen someone speak that poorly. Like she's not prepared for any. I could take her job today. I'm a nanny, I think and you I could do take a good her job. job. I really do. She doesn't know anything. I, I I think I know more than her. Even if I don't, it doesn't matter. It's possible. At you least do. I'm good at speaking to people without cackling like a bird. Yeah, it's true. You don't cackle. But I I do, I really don't understand. I feel like we have, we don't have. 
enough of the truth. I feel no. like I'm trying to solve a puzzle that we don't have even half the pieces on. It's so interesting because you're right. It's like you, you pull on one string and it's pulling on a dozen others. Mm -hmm. And it has so many different ripple effects. And so geopolitics is so incredibly complicated. I know it's outside my pay grade, basically because I don't get paid to do this. <laughs> so, And if I did, there, it'd be less of a reason for you to for you listen to me because who's paying me, mm -hmm. right? But um, going back to the petrodollar, mm -hmm. right now Saudi Arabia is talking with uh, China about accepting the yuan mm. instead of the dollar that would be a huge fight yeah and it would have cataclysmic effects i don't i don't feel like people understand how how like radical china is and if they decided to go to war i mean they've killed their own people they don't care like they pollute their own streets and their kids work for free china and doesn't give an f <laughs> right if China went to war, first of all, they have more than a billion people. You know, that's a lot more than what we have. They they could have like a bigger and military. And they have a lot of men. Right. You can have a bigger military than the US just by forcing people to to fight. If so, you say yes. like if you're a, if you're an adult and you're a man, you have to fight. That's it. You have a bigger military. I don't think China wants to go to direct war with the United States. I don't mm -hmm. think the United States wants to go to war with China. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think so, but I'm just saying that, you know, it would be a huge fight if that happened because... Oh, it would be it would be World War Three, worse than we've ever seen. In fact, at least to this, President Biden spoke with Chinese President Xi uh, for nearly two hours, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. uh, the White House said Biden made clear the consequences, quote unquote, China would face if it provided material support to Russia amid its invasion of Ukraine. The leaders also discuss ongoing tensions with Taiwan. I, I just, you know, I read this and it's like, yeah, well, the White House told me all that. Have you seen the people that work for yeah, the White no, House? No, no, that's the thing. It's like, who's listening to what's coming out of the White House recently? But also with that, like, China has the world by the balls. They, mm -hmm. make, they make everyone shit. Everything. They you know? make everything. So like, oh, that's cute. You're going to give us consequences. <laughs> you buy everything from us. Everything in your office that you're calling me from is made <laughs> by us. Right. You know, so you want to just like do that. Like, fine, we'll just raise our prices. Right. You know, see how you like that. Yeah. I really do think that it's a moment of, um, you know, power, superpower change right now. It's like in a the world. world order change. Yeah. I do think that the U.S. is on its way down. It's on the decline. It it's had its, been for a while. It had its moment of prosperity uh -huh. and hard work. Uh -huh. And the world reserve currency definitely gave us that privilege of, of basically grabbing up all these goods and services and expanding and becoming more productive. Right. You know, our military is all over the place. We grew our military greater than every other country. Mm -hmm. But then we got complacent. I mean, we got DoorDash now and Netflix. And we, I just read this, um, I just read this awful, awful statistic showing that most millennials mm -hmm. think about their plants more often than they think about their finances. So it's, it's, it, we're at the what? point. Yeah. It's this, <laughs> we're at the point where we're, we, everything's on auto pay. And we're talking about microaggressions on college campuses. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I saw this this uh, Disney show, like on Disney Junior, which is what toddlers watch. You know, there is dinner Disney XD, which is like older kids, and there's Disney Junior that is for toddlers. And there is this show that they had with this kid just, you know, talking to a black kid. And he's like, oh, why is your skin darker than mine? And this girl just seems like... <gasps> That's a microaggression. And then she explains what a microaggression is. Like, you can't talk to him like that. I'm like, have you talked to a toddler? 
if you have like a mole, they will point it out and say like, what is this bumpy thing on your skin? They're not trying to be mean. They will just point out whatever they see. So it's not like they're teaching kids that they can't say these things. And it's a microaggression for you to just, you know, oh, you say something that someone else is offended by and you are two years right. old and you should be feel ashamed with yourself for doing that with two years old. See, that's the issue is we're telling young men, like if you're doing anything that's overtly masculine, that's mm -hmm. toxic masculinity. Right. Whereas in China, they're doing the opposite. They're teaching masculinity to their kids. Have you seen their masculine training programs? No. I got to show you this. It's nuts. But they're basically teaching them to be masculine and be a man, be assertive, aggressive, those, those common qualities for mm -hmm. males. You know, and so... You have two separate cultures, one that's more complacent, working less hard than ever, where 60% of Americans are working paycheck to paycheck. They have no savings whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Most people are in debt, mm -hmm. you know, and so we're, we're all just basically wanting to work less and get paid more. And so it's eroding at our productivity. It's eroding at our independence. Mm -hmm. And then you have another country who's willing to work for less, right. you know, and willing to live on less and willing to work harder. Yeah. And slowly over time, that country passes the other country. Right. It doesn't happen like immediately it's right. slowly over time right but eventually it does happen and i think we're on the way down china's on the way up right. and so they're waiting this out like a bad case of fleas they just yeah. shake off the u.s it's so embarrassing like this situation on young people right now makes me so sad because i feel like we are incentivizing people to be weak and i don't mean like oh you should be physically strong or you should be like no it's about resilience yeah exactly and independence because life will throw so much at you it doesn't matter if you're white or black you're rich or poor you're going to suffer in life but we're teaching people that you know let's change reality let's just call things differently and let's make every you know the world kashi so we don't hurt ourselves like that's going to solve everything but it doesn't and then we have like these weak People like weak plants, you know, that that you don't actually make them struggle for roots and look for water. And like, you know, they have to survive. And so they make stronger plants. No, we're just like weak little plants. They're just so cushy and so being these underdeveloped coddled plants that have yeah, no developed root system. It's very sad. Like it, it, it makes me mad, but it makes me mostly sad. Well, that's what's happening to the financial sector of the United States mm. for the past 50 years. Mm. You could argue longer than that. Mm -hmm. We've been printing so much money, diluting everyone's purchasing power, creating all these wealth gaps and inequalities and all these issues just mm -hmm. because we have the privilege of being able to print more of our money and buy oil mm -hmm. and other countries have to buy from us. You know, so we have this, this ability to do that. Mm -hmm. And so we've been basically blowing out our debt, which mm -hmm. can't work forever. Right. And so eventually, the, you know, you're going to have... You're going to have a reckoning. And we're going to take everybody with us because the U.S. has so many ties. The dollar has so many ties, like you were saying, with the petrodollar. We have, um, you know, the, we're the currency, the reserve currency of the world. Like whenever the U.S. dollar crashes, we're going to take everybody with us. And what's unfortunate is that will 100% happen and it's going to happen quickly. Because when that happened in the past, it happened slowly and then all at once. Mm -hmm. It happened super quick. Mm -hmm. Once It's like something it's, something tilts. Yeah. And then immediately there's this waterfall of action. Right. But I think right now people are starting to see the cracks in the vase and they're starting to flee from the dollar. Mm -hmm. They see it as a liability. Yeah. There was this Wall Street Journal article I was reading about how... The whole idea behind the article was that people are starting to see internationally that the holding the U.S. dollar is becoming a liability mm -hmm. because they basically froze all of Russia's 
uh, dollars, mm -hmm. U.S. dollars. Mm -hmm. And so if you're holding U.S. dollars, that's a liability. So people are fleeing into other safer assets that can't be frozen. Mm -hmm. One of those being physical gold. You know, the United States can't freeze that. If you hold gold, you hold gold. Mm -hmm. And if you hold commodities, if you increase your inventory of commodities, you know, whatever those are, wheat, beef, fertilizer, all kinds of things, mm -hmm. you can't freeze that as well. Right. And cryptocurrency, the same thing. So there's all these other alternative areas that you can start putting your money into. Right. And that's what's happening right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's adulthood. I've never, I, I actually thought about it the other day. I was like, I grew up, you know, really poor. And our only concerns were like, what are we going to do tomorrow? Like, how are we going to pay rent? And if we survived that month, it was like, whoo, we survived this month. Now we have to do it again and again. And we never went past that. And in my mind, I always thought like, if I just get a better situation in life, then I can sleep well and not think about these things anymore. But it turns out that our wealth depends a lot on what the government decides to do. Yeah. So even if we have a good job and, you know, we have a house and it's ours, you know, we're comfortable. It can change just because the government does something crazy and they dip inflate the dollar or, you know, if the stock market crashes because they change the, 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 interest, the, rates. the interest rate, whatever they do can affect what I saved for and what we are doing. And that doesn't make me feel good at all. So I go to bed now thinking not like, oh, how we're going to pay rent. You know, we don't actually even pay rent. Like we have our bills paid and it's, it's fine. But I feel like how are we going to protect what we have? Right. And how do we, you know, live well with other people making terrible decisions yeah. that I wish they didn't, but they are going to affect me. It's like, I don't want to have to ask. I don't want to have to spend months of my life learning about inflation and inflation hedged investments. Right. And like, where do I put my money to protect it against inflation? Like right. it's, it's annoying. I almost want to like, just call up Jerome Powell, you know, the, the, the chairman of the federal reserve and be like, listen, bro, I'm spending all my free time learning how to protect my finances from, from you, you. <laughs> basically from you. And that, that's another story here that Jerome Powell just increased the interest rates. Um, the federal fund interest rate, basically the cost of loaning money from one bank to another, mm -hmm. to 0.25%. Okay. And he's thinking, well, we're gearing up to be even more aggressive than 0.25%. Oh my God. It's like an alcoholic saying, I'm going to drink one less beer per year <laughs> this year. Yeah. And I'm really feeling strong about next year doing two less beers per year. Right. And everyone's like, you know, you're crashing and burning, dude. You're a full-on alcoholic. Right, like, right, that's right. not going to help anything. Right. And so I want to call this guy up and like ask him what he's thinking. But that's the thing. It's like, you're, I, how far do we want to go down the rabbit hole of the uh, the Federal Reserve right now? I mean, we're going to, are we ready to sound like complete uh, um, conspiracy theorists? Strap your tinfoil hats on, ladies and gentlemen. Honestly, I don't even, I think I, I like that title. I like the title of conspiracy theorists because they have been right about a lot of things. Pretty much everything. Yeah. And like, and, and, and then you just, you just label them, you know, oh, this is a conspiracy theory. It's like, no, it's not. It just happened and they confirmed it and it's true. So I don't really care about having that. It's just, I really believe that, you know, these groups are just trying to crash things on purpose. Like, I, I think they're trying to break a system to build another one. That's what I think. So That's my wildest theory. In my opinion, okay. from where I'm sitting, I think what's happening is that intentions are good. Mm. But mm. the system has been crashing for a very long time. Jerome Powell is just the Federal Reserve Chairman recently. Mm -hmm. you know, there's Ben Bernanke, there's Principal Forum, there's dozens of other ones. Mm -hmm. And they're doing a lot of decisions based on what Congress is getting them to do. 
And Congress is based on what the people want. You know, they're mm. supposed to be representing, even though well, a, lot of, supposed to. a lot of the times they're not. Yeah. And who appoints the Federal Reserve Chairman? Usually the president. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's there's so many different things going on. It's been happening for a very long time. So what do you do when you're the new Federal Reserve Chairman and you're like, holy cow, we are $26 trillion in federal debt. Mm-hmm. And we were twenty trillion just two years ago, mm-hmm. and we're on this path of just completely destroying the value of our our national currency, mm-hmm. and everything's getting more expensive. Everything's ballooning up in prices because we've injected so much money into the economy with stimulus checks and other things. Mm-hmm. So what in the world do I do? Because if I raise interest rates even three or four percent, that's immediately going to cause the economy to crash the stock market to crash, Mm -hmm. which means people, the average person who's owning stocks and owning housing is immediately going to go bankrupt. Right. You know, so do I want to raise interest rates and do the the financially conservative thing and then screw the entire economy? Right. Or do I want to keep it as low as possible and allow this to go runaway inflation like Myanmar, Germany or Mm -hmm. Venezuela, and then have us completely default on our debt and lose our Federal Reserve, um, our reserve currency status Mm -hmm. it's like no those are two terrible options Mm -hmm. so what do you do you just kind of talk about raising interest rates but you don't actually do it you just talk about it you try to basically slap as many band-aids on this as you can to keep this thing on life support as long as you possibly can in order to get some other system in place that you can switch over to the second that this thing blows up but do you think that you created a new system in response to a bad crisis or they're trying to have a crisis so they can put a new system in place we have basically decided as a country that we are no longer going to tolerate a single economic downturn you know like the roaring 20s back in the 1920s all this economic prosperity the stock market was going up right. that eventually created the great depression one of the worst depressions this country had ever seen right. and then we just raised interest rates like crazy you know and then eventually for the next 70 years we had slow growth mm-hmm. but it was good growth right it was Healthy real growth. growth right then we took ourselves off the gold standards in the 70s and then it just went runaway inflation again right. And so now we're in that same situation. But what happened back in 2008, 2007, with the housing economic crash and the subprime mortgage crisis and how the economy basically completely crashed, mm-hmm. Ben Bernanke was the Federal Reserve Chairman at the time, and he printed money like crazy. Mm-hmm. He just printed printed out the ass. And he's like, this is how we're going to fix this. Mm-hmm. And then every single downturn since then, they have responded with printing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what they're going to do. In March of 2020, when the whole COVID thing became a thing, and then we had a 30% downturn, they printed money like crazy. They sent out the stimulus bills. Right. And then in a couple of days, it was right back to where it was. Right. And it is on all-time highs since then. Right. So I think that's where they are, and that's where they're stuck. And they've decided that whatever happens, they are going to print as the answer. Their answer is printing mm-hmm. permanently from now on out as long as they can. That's what they're going to do. And they've been talking about the CBDC the central bank digital currency and that's exactly what fiat is it's just a digital version Mm -hmm. which most money is digital right now which i I don't think a lot of people understand Mm -hmm. so it's essentially saying well instead of having the dollar with all of its issues let's make the dollar 2.0 yeah it's like well what's actually different don't ask questions (laughs) but the only the big difference Mm. which they don't want you to know about but it's actually proven Mm. once they go to the cbdc they will be able to track 
every single purchase that you make, right. every dollar, every penny in your bank account, right. and they will be able to decide what you spend money on right. and what you can't spend money on. Right. So if they decide, I don't like that people are buying up all this uh, food, yeah. you know, these food reserves, like uh, freeze-dried food, or I don't like people buying ammo, or I just don't like people buying guns, right. or I don't like people buying bulletproof vests for whatever reason. Right. You know, they could just say, well, with our CBDC, we just shut off the ability for them to exchange in these certain marketplaces. So it is a next level step of control. It's basically fiat money. It's like the normal paper money you're used to. The difference is they have an unprecedented level of exposure into your finances and control over your finances. Right. It is terrifying. It is terrifying. And that's what they're gearing up to do. That is what the Chinese yuan is currently doing. And it's so scary. Yeah. That's where we're headed. Yeah. I think it should scare people a lot more than it does. But I don't think, you know, a lot of people think about it that much. Think like, you know, what is the organization, the the part of the government that tells you what uh, products they're banned or not banned because they're... The FDA? Yeah. Imagine like that is the... the Financial FDA. Exactly. These are products as, products and services we say are okay to purchase. Exactly. They could decide tomorrow, hey, we are seeing all these deaths in alcohol, for example. In fact, let me bring up that article now. Here it is. A new study found alcohol-related deaths in the U.S. rose 25% during the wow. first year of the pandemic, with the largest increase in adults under 45 years old. No surprise there. No surprise It disrupted everyone's lives. Everyone was forced to stay home for two freaking years. I was old enough to remember it was 10 days to slow the curve. Remember that? 15 days? I mean, we were dating. I remember we were going to see each other and was like, oh, we're going to see each other next month. It took four months for us to be able to like, you had to drive to see me. I drove to see you all the way up in Boston. 10 hour road trip. Exactly. Other few months for us to see each other again and then few months for us to see... And it was impossible to actually be together. Two years yeah. of routine disruption. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of people started turning to unhealthy alternatives to their right. routine, like right. alcohol, and they started dying like crazy. It's like the U.S. could say, hey, we just got this, uh, now that you're all in the CBDC, mm-hmm. you know, we control exactly what you buy. We just got this study saying 25% increase in deaths of alcohol. We're going to make it so you can't buy alcohol for a month. Right. You know, everyone's getting off alcohol. Or you can you can buy like a six pack. For like the week, but you can't buy more than that because that would be more. And no fun. hard liquor, no shooters, yeah, no any of that, no wine, no Boda Box, right. you know, just none of that. You know, they could decide, well, cigarettes are causing all this cancer and we don't like that. And so as long as we have a majority opinion of people saying we don't like cigarettes, we're just going to take it upon ourselves as the federal government to say you can't buy cigarettes anymore. Right. Or anything. It could be marijuana. It could be, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. Whatever they want to decide. Well, basically they would start, and I'm just theorizing here because... Nothing works like how they want the government wants it to work. Like when they do like a ban or they forbid people to do something or they create a law that is like there's just something that you can't do at all. What happens is like people don't go like, oh, shoot, that's a pity. I guess I can't do that now. No, 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 no. That opens an opportunity for a new market. Black market. Exactly. Immediately. That's what happens. The biggest black market situation ever because you would have a market for currency. So like, okay, so we're going to exchange goods inter- and for what? Because we can't buy with the dig- digital dollar. So people would find a different currency. There are people People's in currency. other countries already shaving off pieces of their dollar uh, gold in order oh, wow. to... They have scales like back in, back in the day. Wow. They have scales and they're shaving off pieces of their gold bullion. Wow. There's people actually trading 
Tide Pods, believe it or not, in some South America. To wash their clothes? Literally Tide Pods to wash their clothes. That is a new currency because it's basically a commodity. It's laundry detergent. It's a commodity. I see. And they're saying, well, this is worth something. And no matter how much the government deflates our currency Mm -hmm. or inflates our currency, um, this is always going to be something in demand. Yeah. You know, people want their clothing washed. And so they use that as a currency. Right. It's like in prison, like they use cigarettes or they use like burner phones or whatever. So it's going to be crazy. And we're probably going to be alive for all of this. Oh, yeah. No, it's getting crazy and we will see all of it. It's like uh, Friedrich uh, Hayek when he talked about how, you know, Keynesianism was going to, you know, basically screw up our economy. And he was talking about all these things that actually happened, like you're going to see really the economy ballooned because you're just spending, spending, spending and not producing anything. And you're thinking there's a free lunch, but it's not. It's going to catch up with you and bite you back. And he's like, but I'm glad that I'm not going to be alive to see any of this. And was like, yeah, I think we are going to be alive to see. 100%. We're young AF. (laughs) Right. But, you know, hopefully we'll be more prepared and we'll we'll probably be part of the, the black market solutions. If that hey, happens. Hey, don't say it too loud. They're going to index <laughs> this podcast and they're going to come after us. Right. But yeah, if you want some Tide Pods, we can hook you up. <laughs> we got Tide Pods for days. Hashtag Tide Pods for days with a Z. You heard it here first. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Josh and Anna talking about all these conspiracy theories that are unveiling themselves before our eyes. Try not to be really anxious about everything. And have a great rest of your week. Bye, guys. Bye.